Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, check us out on Off the Floor. That's winnow.app. That's with two N's and two P's. Winnow.app backslash off the floor. Get text directly to your phone from Brady, Alex, Greg, and myself. Bypass Twitter, X, Instagram, threads, and all of the others. Get your information straight from us. You also get special contests and more. Go to winnow.app backslash off the floor. Also check out prize picks. That's the official fantasy sponsor of the five reasons sports network. Use the code five F I V E get that initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. You play the NFL, MLS, NHL, MLB, NBA, and more go to prizepicks.com. Use the code five F I V E get that initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. And now today's episode. Down to this day. Yeah. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me, Ethan J. Skolnick, on Five Reasons Sports. Got Brady Hawk. You can follow me at Brady Hawk 305. You got Greg Sylvander. You can follow me at Greg Sylvander. And by popular acclaim... Put him in the DeLorean, came straight from 2006. Now we'll get to that later. Uh, you can follow him just about everywhere. I asked, uh, how many different outlets do you work for? Man, I thought I worked for a lot of outlets back in the day. Uh, Josh Everly, but of course you can follow him at NBA Canada. Make sure you follow him on Twitter uh, and check out his great work. And, you know, look, there obviously – uh, we've been we've been having some interesting guests here on the podcast the last few days because we've been we've gotten the reputation, Josh, for some reason that we only want people who agree with us. And I don't know where that came from, um, but I do feel like after an hour with Matt Moore, HP basketball, we can survive pretty much anything as as can you uh, before we get to, uh, you know, a little bit of a report that I've got here and then uh, specifically something that you tweeted that we do want to kind of debate with you a little bit today. Just go through your interactions with Heat fans through the years. I'm just I'm just curious how those have gone. Well, I mean, you said only 25 minutes, so I don't know if we can go through a history of uh, the ups and downs of the Heat fans. But but I do think it's funny. I mean, we were talking a little bit pre-show. Um, like, Greg, yourself, Brady, I think we've all been following each other, like, years, years. Like, I wouldn't – Greg, maybe, like, 10 years even we've been following each other. Like, yeah. Brady hasn't been alive 10 years, Josh. So I don't know about that. (laughs) So it's always funny to me when people like think that, you know, disagreeing on Twitter means we hate each other or something like that, because that's generally not it. And then, you know, the death threats, the regular stuff, the fans send that's unfortunate is unfortunate. But you know, what kills me always is the people who are like, you're just saying this because you're a Toronto fan. 
Man, I am not a Toronto fan. I I could not care less if Damian Lillard ends up in Raptors jersey or not. There is no Toronto bias here. I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan, so I dislike the Heat for entirely different reasons. But let's just keep it real. So Dwayne deserved twice as many foul calls in 2006 <laughs> as he actually got, right? You agree oh, with us gosh. on that? My 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 whole soul just cringing inside. We're off my to a great body. start. Yeah. <laughs> my my. my my thoughts on that, I always go back to uh, when I would be in Dallas after that and, you know, Mark Cuban would be on the, you know, the treadmill or the bike or whatever it is. It's usually the bike, uh, you know, watching CNBC and in the Mavericks locker room and the Mavericks training room, entertaining reporters. And every time we'd be in there with the heat, he would still be complaining about Dwayne Wade. I mean, like this was like, I, I mean, again, th- we would be like 2000, like, I don't know what Dwayne came back the last time still complaining about Dwayne Wade uh, and what happened to her. But again, look, the Mavericks got revenge in 11. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like cosmically the universe, I think fixed it. It was okay. It, it's <laughs> all right. But I, I got to tell you, I mean, even the hall of fame stuff this year, watching Dwayne and Dirk hang out. And I don't know what that thing they did on Instagram where they tilted their heads to the filters or whatever. That was jarring for me. Like that was jarring. Like Dirk d- didn't dislike a lot of people over the course of his career. It's really Wade and Dennis Schroeder really stick out. Even the Spurs, there was some mutual respect. Seeing them hang out was truly like, okay, if they if they can bury it, then maybe, maybe yeah, we, we all should. <laughs> I, I know the Dennis Schroeder connection, but it is sort of random that Dennis Schroeder would be in the same sentence as Dwayne Wade. Should we all cough for you before we go any further, just to bring back the memories of that 2011 uh, Finals with uh, LeBron and Dwayne at the podium? Should we? Should we do the, that? The infamous cough. I wish that they didn't do that. Yeah, well, a lot it, of people. It did help. It did help a little. It did. It, it did. So, so did JJ Barea, and so did Mike Bibby. Um, but I, I want to before we get to more with you and Josh, we appreciate you joining us. And I do want to get to one thing because we we put this on our off the floor feed, and before I even had a chance to blink, it's been aggregated in sixty five different places. Although some, thankfully, some of these these folks actually DM me to see if it's okay. I mean, they're going to do it anyway. Um, we can report. Uh, that the Heat have interest in Buddy Heald, um, and that is independent, our understanding, that is independent of the Dame Lillard transaction. They would have interest in Buddy Heald anyway. So the next question is going to be, okay, so how would you get that done? Um, and there are different ways to get that done, and there's one option that was thrown out to me by someone today, which was, well, you could trade Kyle Lowry's expiring contract there, bring back TJ O'Connell and throw something else in the mix to sweeten it, McConnell, maybe, not O'Connell. Did you I do did it again? again Ethan. Did I do it again? I again. Did I do it again? Wait, CJ yeah. McCullough, I had as McConnell the other day, yeah. and I just CJ McConnell, but Sorry. continue. I don't know why I just keep combining the two of them. But anyway, uh, there are different variations to potentially get a deal done. So before we, because uh, I, I want to get to Josh's uh, tweet today and a whole bunch of other things, uh, Greg, any thoughts on this just before we we move forward? No, I think it's interesting that. Um, that this would come up right before camp, especially the heat don't have all their roster spots filled. They still have to sign one more guy. I mean, like this is, this is getting really weird because we're approaching media day and the rosters aren't complete. And we all feel like just conceptually the roster's not complete, but ultimately the fact that that was floated out there, I think is super interesting. Heald's a great option for Miami. Although if you're sending Lowry out, the point guard position becomes even more, 
of a question mark. So TJ McConnell obviously makes sense in that regard. I think that they could make salary work with a guy like Daniel Tice as well. If they really, you know, if we're going to talk about exploring every option to get there, but, um, but I think it McConnell and, uh, and, and healed is basically a million dollars shy of Kyle Lowry's contract. So that's like, you know, on the nose from a salary perspective. And I love that deal for the heat because it also, frankly, if we really want to get technical with the math, it doesn't take them out of the Damian Lillard sweepstakes at all. They can still get to Dame's number. It doesn't mean it's the perfect trade. That's a different conversation, but just mathematically from a cap mechanic perspective, they could still do both. Well, the question is how you make it worth it for Indiana, uh, which which is the other part of this and, and what you would have to throw in. But and then the other part of that is, too, then I know it, you can still get there, but we were talking about Kyle's contract being used to get to Dame. Uh, so it takes one fewer, you know, you have one fewer vehicle there if you do it. So we'll do more on that going forward. But, Josh, I, I want to get to this from the beginning because I do respect your work. And I, as you said, I followed you for, for quite a long time. Um, but you have, you have a take that I didn't agree with today. So I just kind of want, I want to hear it from you because you're not the first one to express this. Um, this seems to be, uh, the ringer uh, seems to have this view as well. Uh, Kevin O'Connor has this view that the heat, if they don't do anything now, which again, we're, we're like six days away from media day at this stage, if they don't do anything now, am I quoting you correctly that they might? They, they might not be a playoff team or they might not be a play-in team. Wh- which was it today? I don't have the tweet directly in front of me. I said playoff. So, okay. um, you know, and it's one of those things too. Like I, I saw the aggregate account of, of what you guys had reported about how the Heat had felt uh, confident that they could still be a contender essentially or make the finals, I think was the quote, without any changes. And like Twitter, you're just like, I was thinking about it and I threw it out. And like, I guess my wording could have been better unless – contentious if i said are we sure or like hmm i don't know where this leaves them but like my immediate thought was are they safe if they don't make a move and i i was thinking about it and looking at it and as heat fans were ravaging my mentions all day like i'm teaching get off eat my sandwich at lunch i'm still getting killed get home walk the dog i'm still getting killed i was like was i wrong was i way off and i don't know i i still think there's some valid concerns here like obviously you know this is a great team and they just went to the finals but at the same time, they struggled mightily last year. They barely got into the playoffs. You know, they had to fight through the play-in. They've lost two of their top six in minutes last year. Two of the – Vincent and Struess were in four of your top ten lineups. I, I'm not saying those guys were amazing. Like, Heat fans were like, you're saying these guys are Jordan and Pippen. I'm not saying that. I don't think they're crazy. But, you know, they were key contributors, and I'm not – you know, I watched the Josh Richardson experience as a Dallas fan. You know, the Josh Richardson that that Miami had, you know, once upon a time, I don't think he's that guy anymore. I just don't know, you know, how you're re, um, replacing their usage and, and their contributions. You know, Jimmy's missed 15 or more games four years in a row. He's going to be 34. It just feels like as much as I respect this whole franchise, and I do think Spoh is the best coach in the league. You guys do an amazing job of finding contributors. I just don't, I don't feel safe in saying they're a lock. So I guess that's less maybe confrontational in the tweet scene, but that's kind of where I'm standing. Well, that's kind of why we wanted to have you on. And so let me play a little devil's advocate on some of those points, because some of them I do believe have validity. And then I think we would even agree uh, with a few of them. And then I'm going to allow Brady to break it down uh, with you here as well. 
All right. So the first thing is um, the point I, I that I think we can't argue with is they almost missed the playoffs last year. That 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 is factually accurate. Okay, they were a seven seed. They never should have been that low. They were one of the most injured teams in the league last year. That did contribute to it. Jimmy missed time. As you said, he's always going to miss time now. He's not going to play more than 65 games again. I don't think he cares about uh, the new rules and the stipulations and the awards. That's just not a Jimmy thing. So they're going to they're gonna maintain that so that he can be as fresh as he possibly can be and hopefully not run into Josh Hart again. Uh, so I, I don't think we can disagree with you. They were three minutes away from not being in a playoff series at all, okay, if they don't close that thing out against Chicago when they were actually behind. So that's the first thing. The second thing, though, is I, I, the counter to that is, and I think the counter they would make is they had to beat the two presumed favorites in the Eastern Conference to get to the finals in what is really the real season. And I understand what you're saying about Josh. My thought on Josh would be this. If anybody's going to unlock what he can provide at this point, it's the heat. I kind of feel like, and again, I, I'm not saying we've watched some, we've watched video of him. I can't say I've watched every play that he's had since he was in Boston. He's like going to been a wilderness experience, Philadelphia, Boston, New Orleans, Dallas. Uh, but I feel like if anybody knows how to use him, it's Spo. I, I guess I would start there. And, and I do think there is a little bit of overrating here as much as we liked both guys, not just of, you know, the fact that, you know, again, to give the heat credit that they can create more of those guys like Vincent and Struz, cause they've done it a million times and they have some people on the roster that they think can do, they can do it again with whether it's high Smith, whether it's Orlando Robinson, whether it's other contributors, they're going to be able to create here, but neither of those guys was very good in the regular season also. And I think that part of what has been overstated here, you know, I know you said they're in four of their best lineups, is, is what their contributions were. Because Heat fans were frustrated with both of them, I think particularly Gabe, uh, during the regular season. So that's part of it. And then I would add to it this. They didn't get at Oladipo what they thought they were going to get last year. Yurtsevin was supposed to be a contributor coming into camp. He wasn't. Love wasn't with the team early in the year. Now he's got an off season to integrate, not in heavy minutes, but he fills the Haslam role, but he's going to give you more than UD gave them on the court, obviously. And now you've got Jovich, you've got Hakez. Uh, Jovich has grown in the off season. I feel like they've got more versatility. They've got more flexibility, but here's the big thing, Josh. I look at the East and I'm like, I can't put six teams ahead of them. Like who who are these six teams uh, for sure? Or eight teams if you go through the play-in that are going to be ahead of them when all is said and done. Yeah, that's a fair counter. Um, I, I think a couple things though. I, I think you mentioned right. You know, Gabe. I know I saw the tweets. I I saw the reaction live. I know Gabe Vincent was like a very frustrating eighty-two game player. There were some ups. There were some downs. But I think part of that sort of goes with my argument here, where like. To your point, they beat two of the three best teams in the East, like clobbering the Bucks. Yes, Giannis was hurt, but clobbering the Bucks and then taking care of the Celtics, which I had no, I had no faith in in the Heat getting through the Celtics. No faith, none. I come complete transparency. I don't think many people did. It, it was amazing, but I almost Except feel like us. That with my yeah, with my argument, where like the Heat in a series, I don't underestimate you anymore. I think I I have in the past with Spo, with the competitive fire that Jimmy Butler brings, with the transformative things that Bam does at both ends when he's at his best, I wouldn't underestimate the heat in a series going forward. But over the 82-game slog, are you getting enough positive minutes from those guys that you mentioned? 
You know, Hawk is, is another guy. I don't know enough about it. I don't watch enough college basketball. Is he going to step up immediately, fill a role, you know, play some great minutes in those games where, like, Butler isn't out there? Like, how are we going to overcome that deficit? That That's where my, my uh, pessimism lies. Not that this team doesn't have dogs. Not that they couldn't absolutely, if they make the playoffs, make noise again. But over the course of 82, because the seasons have changed, I, I think your wording was – that's the real season. And it's true. Like we, the playoffs is all anybody cares about anymore, but it's still a long road to get there. And you know, your, to your last comment here, I don't know if I could list seven teams that I'm confident are going to be better than the heat guaranteed in the standings, but I don't think they're, you know, a top four or five team that's going to get to avoid the play in no matter what. And then I look at teams like Orlando, I think it's going to be significantly better. Thinking Indiana is going to be significantly better. I think Charlotte's going to be better. I think Detroit's going to be better. And not that any of those teams are necessarily going to be way better than the Heat, but those were teams last year where you looked at them and you thought, like, that's a Schedule W, you know, barring injury. And I don't think that's the case anymore. Brady, do you want to jump in here? Because we've done a lot of this uh, debate. And, uh, you know, I I think you mentioned some of these teams like Orlando, which I do think Orlando will be better. I do think Indiana will be better. But when I look at that and I understand that maybe there aren't as many easy nights, the Heat typically play down to the level of competition anyway during the regular season. So I feel like they'll drop the same number of those games <laughs> that they did last. I mean, last year they lost to Detroit twice, didn't they? Like once at home, uh, they lost. I mean, they lost to a bunch of those teams. But Brady, I'll, I'll let you jump in because we've we've discussed this a lot here. Yeah, I'll say when you were just naming those teams and you're you're kind of talking about them being significantly better. I was saying to myself, they're definitely dropping like the few to Orlando or Detroit or Indiana, but they're not going to be higher in the standings. Like, I don't think we're going to go that far and, and get to that extent. Uh, and I'm glad either you mentioned kind of the, the placing of the Eastern conference just because I would feel probably similarly to you possibly if it weren't for the fact that this Eastern conference has not gotten any better, like at all. Like I look across the entire conference and there's not one team that I'm saying like is, is that much better than last year. So that's why I kind of feel a certain way you were kind of talking Ethan about the current roster because like you said we have talked about this a ton we've been compared this roster last year's roster as it currently stands the one thing that does favor them as a regular season team with this roster is the word deeper like they are much deeper this year than they were last year even though they lost Gabe and Max uh, the fact of we can we've been talking so much about these guys as trade assets but they could actually play on a basketball court. If we can actually think about what that is, what that looks like, they can actually play basketball. So uh, it would be funny to see how Spo would kind of utilize those guys. I think Josh would be big in that realm. Uh, the biggest deficit, I think last season, especially you mentioned Yurt not playing and these different guys, they actually have a front court depth, which they have not had in recent years, which I think puts them in a decent position because if one, we said it so many times, like if Bam didn't play, we were like, oh, they're not winning that game. If a, if their backup big went down, and even if it was a Deadman type or something like that, like they had no other option. Then that's why everybody's yelling at Jimmy and Highsmith of the five. They actually have options this year. And the last thing I'll say is, we could talk about the playoffs potentially every year being a fluke, or the maybe last year's regular season being the fluke. I just don't see this team shooting as bad as they did last year. Like they shot historically bad. Like it was a it, they shot at the bottom of the league. Uh, funny enough, the, as much as we, we talked about the things, the good things that Gabe and Max have done, they were a part of that. Like they were a part of the, the shooting struggles that went on all year. Um, so that'll be interesting to monitor. Can they shoot at a better clip? Because if they do, they, if they even shoot three percentages higher, they're probably not in the plane. Like that's how crazy that whole thing was. 
And then the fact about Jimmy not playing, I think that's a valid argument. The the, the game's played for Jimmy, and when he's not playing, can Bam and Tyler kind of carry the, the reins on this current roster? But I do look at the recent years with Jimmy, and Jimmy just played his most games in a Miami uniform last season. So he's like almost doing the opposite of what you think he would do. Like he's been playing a little more and kind of just pacing himself in a way for the postseason that we saw last season. So I don't know. I do believe uh, the depth of this roster, giving Spo that specific tool, will put him in a decent position to find himself in a decent spot in the regular season. And then we know what happens from there in the playoffs. The big thing for me, I would just sneak this in here. They went from the best shooting team in the league when they were the one seed and they lost to to Boston in the conference finals the year prior to being like the worst. So I just feel like if that levels out this next season, it's just crazy for me to think that they're going to drop significantly in the standings to where they were. If anything, that would actually, I would think help them gain ground because if everything else stays equal and the shooting bounces upward from last year, that's where I just, um, I know I'm the eternal heat optimist, but they literally, I mean, they went from, the like shooting 39% on average or whatever the heck the average was, it was high, uh, maybe 36.7 or some crazy percentage. And then all of a sudden they're down 31.9 last year, whatever the, the one started bottoming out. So I just feel like if that levels out, there's no way with their defensive principles that they don't make it through a regular season, at least floating above 500. And that gets you in the top six, right? Yeah, fair enough. And I I mean, I will, like, I don't think we were ever going to come to a point where like one of us totally changed our mind. And it's not that I think Miami is like not going to make it. I just think they're, they're in a bit of a danger zone here. If nothing happens. Another thing I was thinking about just now on the show. And I mean, the team that I think of is Boston with all the fluctuations in their locker room, with all the trade talk all the time, you really saw that take a toll on the team before this team with like Jay Crowder, Marcus Smart, Isaiah Thomas. And I wonder you know, in a week here, if this is the Miami Heat roster, we haven't mentioned Kyle Lowry, who very much looked his age a lot of last year. I don't even know how significant his role would be if he stayed, to to be completely honest with you, from what I saw. So, I mean, did, is Tyler bothered by this? Is Tyler Hero coming into camp feeling loved? <laughs> is he feeling <laughs> part of the team? <laughs> like, you know, I, I mean – Hawkes, like you, you think he knows he's young, he's got to figure it out. He's not really established here yet, but like, how is he feeling? So I, I do sort of wonder with all of this banner, we were joking beforehand about like, it feels like every day there's news, but it's not really news about like Dame and what the heat are willing to do or not willing to do, or like what was offered or what wasn't offered. Like, how does that weigh on the locker room? Because if you have a, you know, a four and 11 stretch or a, six and 12 stretch to start the season. That could be the difference maker in this conversation as well. Yeah, no. And I think that these are reasonable concerns to have. I'm just not as concerned about some of that stuff. Let's start here. Lowry. Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't know necessarily that there's going to be a big role for Kyle, even if he's around still. And, and that's, you know, again, one of the things that's in question, I do not think he will start. I've talked to enough people inside the organization at this point that that is not the direction they're going. So you are likely looking at a starting backcourt of Hero and Richardson. I think that's where they head to. Um, And then you're talking about, you know, putting the ball handling, you know, a lot in Jimmy's hands a lot uh, and going from there. 
the Tyler thing is one thing, and I may prove to be completely 100% wrong about this. And when he's, you know, liking tweets, which he was doing last night or about, you know, Jordan Poole getting more freedom somewhere else. And then he was liking another tweet about him being offered in a trade. I can't guarantee how he's going to handle it. But based on his other actions this offseason, uh, the fact that he was interacting acting with Heat fans, the fact that he was still communicating with the organization, the fact that he's been putting in the work and just what I know of him, which is that, and he told me this last year at camp, he uses all this stuff to drive him. I I think that he's, I think his competitiveness is going to be channeled in such a way that I actually think this is going to benefit Miami. And I, I don't think that he's going to be a problem in that sense. And I, I just come back to this. They've been through this so many times. I mean, they have, I mean, it, not to this degree where it was so public and every single day drum beat for three months like this. <laughs> okay. I mean, we really, haven't seen, we really haven't <laughs> seen know. anything like this, but no, look, I know, <laughs> but look, Eric, Eric Spolstra managed a team in the 2009, 2010 season where everybody was a free agent because they were trying to get as much cap space as they could after the season. And they ended up landing LeBron and Bosch. And he managed that situation, and that team went to the playoffs. And this team is better than that team uh, that he had at that time. I mean, he had Dwayne, but really nothing else. So I just think if there's any organization that can handle this, plus Eric is much more comfortable in his own skin than he was 13 years ago. He's a much better coach than he was then. I just I can't see this being a problem. I think it's a one day thing with media and that's it. And then they start to play. So I I don't anticipate that being the issue. What you mentioned with Boston is interesting. But again, I look at the rest of the East and I'm I'm looking at these other teams and I'm like, okay. and I know the Heat feel this way. Who got better? I mean, let's look at the teams that matter, Josh. That's what I'm talking about. Not not the Orlando's, the Charlotte's and and the Indiana's. But in your view, did Boston get better? this off season or are they just different? I think they're going to be better. I do. I didn't initially think that when they made the smart trade, but I think, you know, what, what they have now with white and how he's established himself and poor Zingas giving some them something they haven't really had with Tatum and Brown. I think they will be better. Okay. But they, Porzingis is already hurt, right? Yes. That, that didn't take very long. That, that was a given at some point. This year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They, but they the games to, haven't started yet to, for, to Josh's credit. No, no, to that point. But <laughs> but but also, I mean, but I mean, it was kind of inevitable and it's already occurred. And then beyond that, they seem to be having well, issues with Brogdon, who was a six man of the year. Can't pass a physical. Right. Yeah. So There's a lot going on there. I think there are other things going on there beyond the physical behind the scenes, too, whether that's going to be reported or not immediately. I don't know. But okay. uh, but like but to your credit, like. I don't think anyone in the East made a move where you think they have the East on lock, right? We we, we haven't seen some sort of earth shattering move where this per- situation or team is the favorite, but I think Milwaukee's got to be better than they were last year, just by virtue of having Chris Middleton hopefully be healthy, mm-hmm. right? Like I mean, him being a non-factor a lot of that year. Uh, so their core will be back. I think Atlanta will be better. I think a lot of their youth will be better. I think Cleveland is going to take a big step forward. I wouldn't be, I mean, hot take maybe. I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland wins the East this year. I I would not be shocked if Ooh. they win. Josh, regular season or post? Regular season games, yeah. Okay. Aggregated playoffs, But like, it's just, they're a team who hasn't done anything yet. And it's usually that team 
that has the talent that doesn't realize they should totally be saving themselves for the playoffs that goes all out in the regular season. I would not be surprised if in or if Cleveland wins 58, 59 games, wins these this year. You think the Knicks, you think the Knicks will be better than they were last year or no? I have them in the same range. So I was looking even before this, most books have the over under 47 and a half wins. They won 44 last year. I'd probably put them at 45, 46. So I think they're, they're slightly better you know, to your credit, I'm not sure about the depth, all the things we we talked about before, but like I think you get a little bit luckier with the health and the shooting. A couple more games, you'll be in that play-in mix again. But yeah, that's where I'd have. All right. Uh, when we come back, I want to get to your thoughts on the Dame situation specifically because we feel like we need to ask everybody that when they come on. Do want to mention a couple sponsors here of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Our friends over at Biscayne Bay Brewing. The only brewery in downtown Miami and and the independent brewing partner of the Miami Heat. They're also aligned with the Miami Marlins. We're going to be out there on Sunday. Dolphins, Bills, 1 o'clock. We'll be out there starting at 1130. I think the Dolphins just scored again. We'll see how that goes on Sunday. We've got free beer for you. Well, one free beer. We're not just getting you a whole bunch of rounds. But you get a free beer if you mention five reasons, you get a free beer. If you mention five reasons, just say five reasons and they're going to give you a beer. They also got a full food menu and they've got a uh, foosball. They've got video games. They've got everything there. They've got a pool table. It's just a great place to watch a game. So come join us starting at about 1130 Biscayne Bay Brewing. It's about four blocks from the Casaya Center in downtown Miami. Come check them, check them out. Also, Better Edge. Make sure you join our contest again this week. I won this past week, so you know it's easy. Go to betteredge.com. Use the code 5RSN. Play the five games there. Again, you get $20 to play, and it's just $10 for this particular tournament. So go to betteredge.com. Use the code 5RSN. Bet legally. Bet against others are using it, not against a bookie or an app. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, Josh, so let's get to this. What is your perception, your unbiased perception here? Not your Dallas Mavericks hat. I know you're, I know you're with, with NBA Canada and all that. First thing, I'll start here. Do you believe, based on what you know of 
the way the Raptors have handled things in the past. Do you believe that they are serious about this? Or do you think in some ways this is a leverage play? I'm curious for your perspective on it. Okay, so I might I might win back some Heat fans. Like I, the four of them who don't hate me at this point, I might win some back <laughs> right now. Because I think the Toronto Raptors package is slightly overrated. I, I think the, the Twitter discourse, for as much as I, I think a lot of the Miami Heat stuff was really silly in the beginning, the idea that Toronto is going to offer a tremendously better package while keeping one of Scotty or OG is, is pretty pretty crazy to me. I think Tyler Hero has gotten pretty underrated. But to your point, I think Toronto is serious. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to make reports. I'm not trying to cause waves. But like I have heard from quite a few people that Portland and Toronto were just about done this deal and Masai Masai did. He, he wanted to change some things around. He wanted to tinker with pick protections. I think it was pretty serious. I think, you know, Toronto was in there. They were very interested. You know, this path has opened up for them to not kind of be stuck in purgatory, which that roster very much is. But I, I I don't know if Portland is looking at that Toronto offer like it's way better. Hence, all of these other teams getting involved and them trying to facilitate possibly OG somewhere else or whatever else is going on. So I, to answer your question, I think Toronto is interested. I think they're serious, but I, I don't think they have this trump card offer. And it's become convoluted because this has been so drawn out. And Miami was the name and the team right away. And obviously everything with with Goodwin and Dame and what he wouldn't do really kind of rose the public anger, I think, towards Miami's way, even though that wasn't Miami, Miami's fault. Um, but like, I, I've seen some crazy stuff. Like I know Kevin O'Connor was mentioned earlier, the idea that, you know, Jordan Walsh and, and Boston picks was more desirable than Tyler Hero and Miami picks is pretty crazy too. I think we've reached a point where Portland's not going to be happy no matter what they do. And they're, and they're biding their time. So I don't know. I don't know if that fully answered your question. No, I, I, I think, I think all of that, uh, you know, is is in the ballpark with was, was sort of what we believe here. Um, I, I will say, and I put this on our off the floor feed today. I spoke to a, a league source who's pretty connected, who's dealt with the Raptors quite a bit, and this source uh, basically said that his perception of things with Masai is that he kind of dips his toe in. Because it's an easy way to get information. Like, I think a lot of people don't realize, like, sometimes executives get involved in these deals because they want to know what's going on with this team or that team. It, it is a free and way. What's it, worth what? What What's worth what? It, it's a way to kind of evaluate your own assets and see what else might be out there. But that typically, again, he does kind of what you just described him doing, which is that he then he takes his toes back out. Uh, and, and, you know, whether or not he stays in it long enough to actually do something. But when I mentioned the Kawhi trade, uh, to this particular person, they're like, yeah, cause basically the Spurs forced that through on him. Uh, and ultimately he made the trade, but typically since it's been five years since then, uh, that he has backed out of, of all of these deals, by the way, that league source thinks that Portland's going to bring Dame to camp. So, you know, again, we're getting different information from different people, Please, um, no. Do you think? Do you think, Josh? Then I'm going to let Brady get in here, and then we're going to let you go. Do Do you Do you think that would be a wise idea on the Blazers' part to bring Dame to camp, media day, etc., and even hold him until the trade deadline? Man, um, the 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 fan in me who wants to see players have a little less autonomy and not be able to force the issue in the middle of a contract you know the way that dame is with four years behind him 
wants to say yes. But at the same time, if it, if this Dame news had broke last week, I would say absolutely. Like you, you put your foot down, you tell Dame this is how it's going to be, you play hardball. But we're going on months now with teams having nothing else to do but talk. Talk in a room, what could we do, who could we bring in? Nothing's nothing's happened. And, and like I do think Masai is serious. Like I not to negate your source, or whatever. Like I do think he was genuinely inquiring. I think they they were close on a lot of things. But like New Orleans hasn't come in with a Godfather offer. Orlando hasn't come in with a like it hasn't been reported that anybody else has been like, you know what? We're all in for name. We think at his age, on his contract with our core. It's worth all of the risk, the risk of him not being here, the risk of him being hurt, the risk of, risk of him regressing, the risk of his contract on our books. Nobody else is saying yes. So I'm, I mean, I initially laughed at some of like the heat reports that like maybe Tyler Hero doesn't have to be involved. Like I think it swung a little bit too far the other way, but leverage is really funny in the NBA. And if Dame comes to camp and he is not participating and he is still very clear that he wants out of there and it's going to mess things up with Scoot, who no doubt has been told behind closed doors, like this is your franchise. We have plans to move Dame and Masai has dipped out. I mean, they're putting themselves in a bad position. And then all of a sudden, like the heat are sitting in this position where like we we're still here, but you know, the price keeps dropping. So it it's crazy. You know, I was talking about this with a few people, you know, yesterday, how fast leverage can change in the NBA. And like what a star is actually worth or not worth any given moment can flip so drastically. But to answer your question, no, I don't. I think Portland would be nuts to drag this out any longer than they have to at this point. Brady, jump in. It's funny you mentioned Dame sitting out in camp and kind of making a mess of it. And I'm thinking to myself, like, Tyler, that is not going to be the case in camp. Jovic, Hakez, they're just trying to get an opportunity in camp. So, like, Ethan, you made this point a lot talking about how different these things are going to be treated media-wise nationally, but also just internally. Like, these are two totally different situations. Spo is going to be sitting up at the podium in less than a week, and he's going to be talking up these guys, talking about he loves this roster, the things he could do with it. He loves the potential of these young guys. Tyler's gotten better. He's You're just going to hear all this stuff, and it's going to be the complete opposite chaos in Portland. So, like, these are not similar situations where it's like, Okay, this, yeah, Portland has to hurry up and do it, but Miami also does too because they don't want to have to do this as well. Miami's chilling. Like, they really believe they're chilling. So, I don't know. This just feels like a circumstance where we can say all we want that, like, it makes no sense for them to bring him into into training camp and all this. But none of this for the last two and a half months that we've been doing these podcasts daily has made sense either. So, I see no reason why that wouldn't happen. (laughs) Like, there's no reason why that wouldn't happen at this point. So, uh we'll see what happens but i guess the ball is i guess if some people keep saying the ball is in dame's court to kind of see what he does next because until then it does not feel like portland is going to be in a rush hopefully he's taking notes from how jimmy handles some of those situations in minnesota and (laughs) etc can i can i can i ask something though like Mm -hmm. i haven't heard a lot about this like if dame is dealt elsewhere or if it's decided that Portland is just not going to deal with Miami. I mean, there was that report last week. They're just not even going to call Miami, which I, I think is a lot of noise. But um, what, why isn't Harden more of a consideration for Miami? Um, I think there are a few reasons for that. They did inquire about him when, uh, you know, when he was in, when he was in Houston. Like it was over. It was overstated, and then they sent out a statement. You know what's what's really funny about this is the way they've operated compared to that time. 
you know, they sent out a statement to the media, uh, to like their, you know, four or five media members saying we we're, we're not pursuing James Harden. They literally sent that out right before it was right before training camp, wasn't yeah. it? And I actually tweeted to squash out it before media day. I mean, and because I had reported that they were, I actually tweeted out the Cartman, uh, the Cartman GIF or GIF. I never know which it is of him getting thrown under the bus, because uh, that's basically what they did to me there. But yes, um. I, I, I think there's a bunch of reasons for it, and I think a lot of it is the off-court court stuff. I think James Harden in Miami would be a complete disaster. I mean, you you also – you look at what happened too with you know him him coming down uh, early, right, uh, when he was with Philadelphia and ending up uh, at various establishments all over town. I, I just don't – I don't think he's a well, fit for them regardless of the player. I, I'll sneak in my take here. This has less to do with James Harden and has everything to do with the Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo specifically want Dame Lillard. So like, this is just not, it has none, no hard feelings, James Harden, but this has been about like, everybody wondered why the heat didn't go all in for Bradley Beal because they could have gone in all in for Bradley Beal and gotten him. They could have done it. If you look at the package that went out, they could have matched that or beaten it if they really wanted to. Everyone said, why did they not do that? Because Dame was lining up. And obviously Jimmy and Bam were talking to Dame. And that's what Portland fans are so upset about because they feel like the collusion comes in with the fact that the players talk, but that's not collusion. So um I, I that that's the one part of this where the Heat aren't pivoting to James Harden or any other big name player to me personally, because I think they know who internally they know what time it is. One of those guys put Miami as their only guy on their list, team on their list, That's and the it. other guy is – that them putting that on the paper and just, like, sending that out I think matters a little bit too. Well, and, and, also, and also just as a player fit, I mean, beyond what Jimmy and Bam want, he is exactly what they need. I mean, Josh, would you agree with – I mean, if I was to say a star in the NBA – I know he's 33 years old. I get it. He's coming off almost a, a historic offensive season. I mean, it's it's if you look at the overall numbers – what he accomplished before they shut him down last year, but he fits, right? I mean, all the concerns we've had about Jimmy and Bam and the fit offensively, even though they've made it to three conference finals and two finals in the last four years, I I believe they need a player like Dame to elevate them offensively, take the burden off of Jimmy. Without a doubt. With like, if you're asking me, like I, I think James Harden's best days are behind him. I think Dame's a better fit. I think he's a better player, but I just thought it was in, like the, the reported offer that, you know, the Sixers were looking at with the Clippers for Harden was gross. I mean, they're getting nothing. <laughs> yeah. They're getting nothing. No, and so right. I, you know, and there were all these reports that Miami was a little bit conflicted to give everything, and they don't want to give everything. Like they mm. like Cortez, they like Kiovich, they like Kiro. They're not, you know, um, motivated to move all of those guys plus picks even for Dame. And I just, is there not a situation here where you could give a lot less? get James Harden and the clown show. I mean, I, I think Miami is one of those teams where Harden says yes. I, I totally agree with like all of you that it's more of a risk. The off-court stuff is crazy. But, you know, we've seen guys go to Miami, get in great shape, buy in. You have Jimmy, you have Spo. I just it seems like a, a good plan B to me. And I'm I'm surprised it's not discussed more. Well they they have they always have a plan behind the plan behind the plan. And you know I talk a lot about 2000 uh, you know, going all the way back to 2003 when, you know, they made the run at Elton Brand, who's the kind of player that that Pat would want at that time. Right. And didn't think Donald Sterling was going to match the offer sheet. 
and Elton was on a beach and got back to his phone and he was pissed off because <laughs> Sterling matched the offer sheet and they had an offer sheet ready for Lamar Odom right after that. I mean, you look at uh, 19 all the way back to 19, I guess it would be 96, right? Where they were re-signing Zoe. They were trying to get Gary Payton to come in. Uh, mm-hmm. Aaron Goodwin client, by the way, they were dealing mm-hmm. with Aaron Goodwin all, all the way the back way in back 19, then. all the way back in 1996. That's 27 years ago. Um, and when, you know, and when basically when Gary decided to stay where he was in Seattle, they re-signed Hardaway with Zoe. Uh, but they were trying to get Juwan Howard. That was the famous, you know, I have to go, you know, visit the proctologist to get the 10 foot pole out of my ass, which is what Pat Riley, my favorite ever Pat Riley conference call, by the way, the first I was ever on as a reporter. That's how I got introduced to this business was that Pat Riley quote. And, uh, and then when they took him away, they, okay. So they'd re they'd signed PJ Brown, but then they, they brought in Dan Marley and then they, you know, they built a contending type team didn't go where they wanted it to go, but a team that in a lot of ways, I think fit better than the team with Juwan. You look when Dwayne left in 2016, which again, not the best move on the organization's part. They they signed five players and made a trade within like an hour. Like they, they had all of that set up. And then I've mentioned a lot, the Jimmy Butler trade. They tried to make it with Tibbs, hung up on Tibbs because he kept asking for Bam and then ended up getting him a few months later and got him even after the part with your team, the Dallas Mavericks fell through because someone missed heard Dragic or Olenek or something like that. Andy fixed it in 13 minutes and they went out and, uh, you know, sent the first round pick to the Clippers, um, uh, you know, to make the thing happen and ended up dumping Whiteside on Portland. So they always have a plan behind a plan behind a plan. I guess this is the question and we can close here. At what point do you give up on this plan? Because the, the Dame is the plan. Like this is like, like Greg mentioned, it wasn't Beal, it's Dame. Like we can talk about Giannis and all the rest of this. This is the guy that, that Bam wants, that Jimmy wants. This is the guy with the relationship. This is the guy who fits. If you start trading Kyle Lowry's, you know, expiring contract, you start making other moves. You take, you make it harder to get this guy, even if he does stay in Portland. So I'll, I'll let you close with this, Josh. When do you give up on this? If you're the heat, when do you pivot? I mean, I I think to Brady's point earlier when he said the Heat are chilling, you have a longer timeline to sit. Like I I, I think exactly what he said. Hawkeyes is young; he's got to prove himself. Yovich is young; he's got to prove himself. These guys got to come into the gym and they got to participate and they got to be engaged no matter what. Hero is the guy. I'm not totally sure on, but I think you have longer. I think if it's Christmas and this is still dragged out and and Lillard isn't the player, you look at Butler's age and you think like we got to just focus on being the best we can be you know, right here, right now, and, and you let it go. But I, I do think you have a couple more months to sit on this. That said, like, I I, I don't know. I, I Please don't make this go on for another couple months. Josh, don't speak that into existence. I don't know. Our numbers are pretty good happen, here, Greg. That's I'm true. okay with that it. That is true. That's true. <laughs> but I, I just think it like it would be better for all parties if it happened sooner. And I feel like the league wants it to happen sooner, too. We haven't mentioned that, but with everything that's changed in the CBA – with the his the long history of stars kind of, you know, pissing off owners. I don't know if I can say that on the podcast. Yes, and do. all the changes that are coming. I, I think the league is probably behind the scenes very much wanting this chapter, however it ends, to end. I think that's very fair. The other person who wants it to end is my nine-year-old because we can't even go to lunch these days. She's like, is she? The, we're, we were at lunch the other day, and she goes, "Is it going to be Dame time while we're here?" I'm like, "No, it's not going to be Dame time, sweetheart." I said, "I think we've got at least an hour, but we just don't know. We've been waiting on this all this time." All right, well, we appreciate you giving us so much time, Josh. 
Uh, thank you so much. Heat fans will not hold the Mavericks thing against you. I think you gave a good explanation of, of your position. Uh, this team is not missing the playoffs. Though. I really, I don't, I, I don't, I don't believe that. And again, it's not as much because of them. It's just, I, I look at the East and I, I don't know. I, I just, I think we've, we, I think we're in a pivot back to the Western conference now. Um, and I see 11 teams in the West that are really interesting to me. And I, I don't get to that number in the East, but we'll see how it plays out. Uh, follow all of his work. Thanks again to Brady. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to our sponsors, Biscayne Bay Brewing. We'll see you on Sunday. Better edge prize picks. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.